0: Tangent tacos, soup dumpling, tacos in the basement,
1: burgers, tacos, tacos, tacos. I kept going back down to the taco stand. Ahi tuna poke bowl.
2: I'm going to get tacos. Who wants tacos? Tacos,
1: tacos, kitsu, burgers, pumpkins. <laughs>
0: The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. While many of the people here have some form of mental health training, they are not your mental health professional. This podcast is not a replacement for mental or physical care or for the diagnosis of any mental health illness or condition. Hello. Thank you for joining us once again for the Guardians Mental Health Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joe. With me tonight is Matt. Hi, And if you are joining us for the first time, Guardians Mental Health is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on promoting mental health awareness throughout the gaming community. We strive to be a first step assisting individuals with gathering meaningful resources in a safe and inclusive atmosphere. Our podcast is another way to normalize talking about mental health and is a fusion of mental health topics and gaming. So please help us in welcoming our guest tonight, Nikki, aka Camilla Panda. Hey
1: everyone. It's nice Whoa. to be here.
0: Yes, it's fantastic having you. Thank you for uh, dealing with eighteen minutes of rambling from Matt and I. It was <laughs> fantastic. I I loved it, and it's such an honor to meet you and have it's, you on with us.
1: Yeah, it's it's nice to meet you, and Matt, it's nice to see you again.
0: Absolutely, we had a lot of we had a lot of fun at PAX.
1: <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It's good time. I, it was my first ever PAX. As a fair warning, I'd never been. Was it really
2: before. okay? So in general.
1: Yeah. In general, like I've volunteered for robotics competitions and I've done like the world championship and that's like thousands of thousands of people in a giant convention center, but everyone's focused on the competition. And then I guess the closest thing to a convent, like a PAX that I've been to was New York Comic Con. Okay. So I have a little bit of convention experience, but PAX is a whole separate beast compared to comic-con. Cause the, I guess, cause you know, comics and cosplay are more of the focus mm. compared to the gaming and the technology and the streaming and all that stuff at PAX. Right.
2: Very cool. And I, so I know you, you mentioned it to me, but I have the memory of a goldfish. So I apologize. What exactly do you do as far as like volunteering with robotics and stuff like that?
1: So I right now I mentor a high school team of about, we're going to, estimate 45 kids because okay. my seniors last year graduated and the seniors yeah. the year before and because of COVID there wasn't as many kids joining the team and this year we were like oh yes we need to have tryouts again because we're gonna have <laughs> a lot of kids joining us I'm like that's great to hear but at yeah. the same time that's a lot of new faces for me <laughs>
0: this yeah. is so yeah. interesting to me this is offered through Outside of school is like a outside of, you know, school program or is this offered through the school?
1: It's an after-school program. However, you don't have to be affiliated to a school to start a team. Why wasn't
0: this something when I went to school? I mean, we had like football, lacrosse, and field hockey, and that was like it. I would have signed up for a robotics team in immediately because this sounds so cool to me.
1: Oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So we build robots. Some, some years they get up to like six feet tall. Um, they play the, the point is to build a robot and then go compete in a competition, but it's not like battle bots where they're like fighting each other, Mm -hmm. your Alliance partner. So you have three robots on an Alliance, your Alliance partner, one match in the next match might be the team you're going against. And then your opponent in a match three matches from now could be your partner. So you don't want to destroy Mm -hmm. them. You want to work together to then accomplish a goal, whether it's getting balls into like a a goal of some sort, stacking stuff up or just Mm -hmm. a variety of different things. So last 2020 was the last year. There was like a formal like game. They just kind of repeated it for 2021. Mm -hmm. It was sponsored by Star Wars Force for Change, which is the philanthropic part of Star Wars. So it was all Star Wars themed. So you could hear like R2-D2 and stuff on the field and everything. It was so much fun. The 30 second buzzer, you know, the alarm that sounds in the new Star Wars films for the second Death Star. That's the 30 second buzzer. It's amazing. Yeah. uh, Lucasfilm, Star Wars, Disney was just like, yeah, you can use this as the buzzer. It's fine. You can use stuff from the movies. It's great. But Um, Yeah. The point of that is the game was you're trying to defend first city from a space attack of some sort. So you have to shoot these balls into different goals to fill up the, the power of the city for the shield. You then have to spin a color wheel using your robot and some sensors. You either spin it five times and then afterwards you have to, you get a random color. You have to line up the color to the right spot. And then at the last 30 seconds, there's these bars that sit, I think, four feet up in the air. Your robot has to hang on those, but on top of that, they swing either direction. So if you're not perfectly center and if the robots aren't perfectly like even on the sides, then you don't count because it's not set, it's not completely even but you do get bonus points if all three alliance members are up on the on the bar at the end of the last 30 seconds. It's a lot of fun to watch. It is yeah. so-,
0: so amazing and just having like you I'm sure you give a breakdown of what each phase has to be so you can build your robots on your mm-hmm. team to accomplish these goals. Just trying to design a robot to do all of these different aspects is just amazing and I want to see a YouTube video somewhere of this competition, because it sounds awesome.
1: There's plenty. There's one, the last like big match from last year, someone recorded it. And I was, I was in Texas at the time. So I was the MC and it was my okay. old robotics team. So I used to live in Texas and you can see, cause the person's like six foot tall. I'm so excited that you just see me bopping up at the bottom of it, just like jumping because I'm super excited that my team is doing so well, even though they're not my team anymore. It, it's, it's so much fun just to, to see the robots. And when you actually talk to the students, because the students are the ones that design and build and machine everything,
2: mm-hmm. it's
1: just mind-blowing to hear like how how smart these kids are. Like I was one of the kids on the robotics team when I was in high school and yeah, I could talk about the same stuff too, but now that I'm an adult and I can see the kids like do much more than I could have done when I was in high school, it's just like, we did something right. We did the right thing. They're yeah. they're having fun, they're happy and they're learning and I, that's all I can ask for.
2: Absolutely. And it's, it's just got to yeah. be rewarding as well too, just to mm-hmm. kind of watch all of this happen.
1: It's the best moments I have are the ones where a student wasn't understanding something and then they have that light bulb moment Mm -hmm. or they come up with that game changing idea and they realize that it's going to be exactly what we need. And you just see them light up and they get excited and they're just like, oh, I know what to do. And just (laughs) it it makes me just uh, so happy.
2: That really is amazing. How long have you, been, I, I, I just, this is completely, again, off topic, Yeah. Not really, but I love this. How long have you been doing this for?
1: I started as a student in 2007. Okay. My eighth grade teacher was just like, hey, I think you're going to really like this. So here's, some, ex- here's like some bonus points if you go to this competition. Just bring me back three things, any three things. And I'm like, well, I already have 110 in the class because it was my science teacher that suggested this. And I went, okay, I'll go. I went and then I spent the whole day there and then I just turned to my dad who brought me and I'm like, can we go tomorrow, please? <laughs> I really like it here. And it just, I've been sucked in ever since I never left. I immediately went to mentoring after being in high school and through the program. And then yeah. in college, I started volunteering at events more later in college than, than early on. because. I didn't have my own car, so I couldn't be reliable. And once I graduated high school, I started traveling the country as a master of ceremonies and and shoutcaster play-by-play announcer at different events. So, Oh my God,
0: that sounds so awesome.
1: It's so much fun. I do like my seven weeks of competition, and then I would go to the championships. And it wasn't until recently that I got to be one, one of the MCs at world championships. But then every month afterwards, I'd go find another event to do just because it was so much fun and I'm like, well, I got to get good at this. So this is the best way to do it. Whoever wants to volunteer, I'll happily show up at your event. That is
2: fantastic.
1: Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of fun. I miss, I miss it with, with everything not happening, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it being safe to go and have our regular robot events again.
0: I'm totally Googling this right now. Just
1: firstinspires.org. All
0: right anybody's interested in the chat, wants to look into these competitions, there's a great reel at the beginning uh, on the main page that shows just an overview of this. And it's so cool and completely off topic what we were talking about, (laughs) but I'm so thankful for you to turn me onto this or turning all of us onto this, because this is so awesome to see. And uh, I'm actually going to bring this up for my daughter's, uh, Open house. I want to talk to the science teachers and everybody and see if they can do something like this. This would be a really cool, a really cool program to incorporate locally as well. Cause I would love to see kids be inspired with building, u- utilizing technology to achieve common goals that they're sharing between each other in these kind of like fun, you know, easygoing kind of competitions where, you know, everybody's essentially a winner because everybody does is doing the same thing. I mean, everybody's building their own robots, inspiring each other for different things. And this is really cool. I love you, this.
1: You said you're in New Jersey.
0: Matt's is Matt is I'm in upstate New York.
1: Okay. Um. Depending on where you are, my, the event that I was going to go to that got canceled before everything shut down was the, the one at finger lakes regional. So that was at RPI. So I okay. know the organizers up there.
0: It's like, 35 minutes 40 minutes yeah away, if that
1: I can probably connect you to a local team if one doesn't <laughs> already exist in your school district I'm gonna
0: look into this I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be in contact I love this <laughs> but so go where ahead, did, yeah so
2: where did the transition oh not necessarily transition you're still doing it but where did robotics turn into streaming
1: when COVID started
2: okay yeah
1: <laughs> I I tried streaming when I was in college and it was really toxic and not great. And that's also when I was trying to do esports stuff, which same thing. So then I stopped. I got a I got a job. So I couldn't do anything else. Right. I just kind of kept with the job thing. And when COVID had shut down, shut stuff down, I sat at home, went, well, I don't know what to do. Play video games. <laughs> All the stuff I do normally at this time is done. So I guess, play games and wait. My friend who is a streamer on Twitch and also in robotics, she does St. Jude play live. So she had posted on Facebook, like, Hey, it's about to be play live season. I know it's hard right now, but like, just tune in, watch and whatnot. And I ended up just going, well, I'm playing video games at home. I know how to do OBS through robotics. Maybe I can raise $200 and, do something while I'm sitting at home. Yeah. So I reached out. She let me be on the street, the team on Tiltify for the event. I'm like, all right, well, well maybe I'll get $200. If not, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Ended up raising $3,500 and hit Twitch affiliate in that month. And then I went,
2: oh, well, let's,
1: let's see what else we can do since stuff's still shut down. This is the closest I can do to keep practicing for MCing for robotics and... Mm-hmm maybe some more good will come out of it or like i don't know raise more money for another organization it'll be fine yeah ended up um october i started raising money for first my previous job at a ad agency for nonprofits had layoffs because of how the world was and my whole department and i got yeah. canned ended up meeting my current boss for my full-time job with that. And now I I'm happily employed. I love what I do because I also work at a tiny nonprofit that runs robotics competitions now, but I kept, I just kind of kept up with it. Yeah. And then this past play Lives season, we raised $9,550 on my corner of the internet when a year ago, it was like 25, 50 people. And now there's 2000 folks. And it's a lot. And I'm so thankful. I'm still blown away by the fact that we raised so much money and did so much good. That's
2: amazing. That's all that that to me that sounds like record breaking almost in a sense. That's
1: it's it's a lot. I I just looked on Tiltify too and saw the total amount that's been raised on Tiltify. And I'm like, when did when did we break 20K? When did this happen? Because I've done a couple other fundraisers too. Yeah. I just today it just hit me and I'm like that's a lot for a, like a little more than a year of streaming to do so much good for like a couple different charities.
2: You know, it, it's 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 amazing but it also just shows the power of this of this medium. The oh, yeah. power of honestly the power of video games in a sense too, right? And just that just that idea of like Yeah, no, we'll we'll work, we'll do this. Let's we'll join the stream, we'll donate this. It's just the power of a community, in a sense.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: It's fantastic. Something, and you know, that same feeling is something that I know we've felt here too, because when we've done our our streams, our fundraising streams to kind of help with the mental health kits that we were talking about, you know, at PAX West, I was floored on the first stream. And Joe, Joe Joe can attest to it. I was like, "Holy crap! This many people came together to help out." So, it, it just it, it is amazing what happens when a group of people come together and recognize, like, "Oh, this is a worthy cause. Let's go!" It's amazing. And you're right, though. But that in in a, not that it's a short time because there's a lot of hard work during that time. Mm-hmm. But for I think for Twitch, I think when we hear. Oh, about a year, but to amount to, to amass that amount, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. I, I remember at the beginning of this year, trying to goal plan and just being like, okay, maybe by the end of the year, I'll hit like 2k, like people that want to hang out. If I'm lucky, if I don't get there, totally fine. And then for the St. Jude, I'm like, all right, we were at 3,500 last year. Maybe the stretch goal can be 5,000. And then it was like halfway through the second week. And I'm like, oh, we already broke 5k. And I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. And I have to come up with something real quick. Cause I have no clue what I was going to do past this. Right. right.
2: It, kept, it kept you on your toes. Oh okay. yeah.
1: Oh yeah. There was a lot of just like, uh, this would be fun to do on stream. Let's just do this real quick. And it, <laughs> it grew ridiculously. It does help that I. I started a thing because I stream Thursday mornings before work. Okay. I got my boss involved by having chat like, hey, if you if we raise a hundred dollars, I'll like go to work with my tattoos or whatever you put on my face. But if you raise $250, I'll do something even more ridiculous during work meetings. Oh no. <laughs> and my work my one-on-one with my boss is was on Thursdays. So I would show up to the one-on-one with my boss in an EV <laughs> onesie with a bunch of tattoos on my face I went hi this is what chat did to me today
0: how uh how understanding is your boss
1: <laughs> very because awesome. i work at a nonprofit. thing that's
0: great, that's
2: <laughs> great. Yeah.
1: the funniest thing was um i think it was like the night before it was like a wednesday or something that i had a donation come through and i look at the name on screen and i just look at it and i read that's my boss hey boss <laughs> thanks for the donation <laughs> It was just one of those, like, I wasn't expecting him to come and donate to charity stream, but you right. just, you did. I'm like, huh, I work at a pretty supportive place that somehow yeah. puts up with my shenanigans. That's great to hear.
2: I can imagine going into a work meeting just in a, you know, in a Pokemon costume. I kind of want to do that now. There without was- even
0: donations. <laughs> I, I would pay to see that, actually. But. Going back to it, it it really does show how much like support and everything is in the gaming community. They're they're so supportive of so many different causes, and gaming really does good. A lot of uh, outside the community kind of look down at at gaming as being you know. You're, you're sitting, you know, somebody sitting in their, you know, mother's basement, you know, playing Halo for, you know, 17 hours a day and don't have a job. No, the day and age now, gaming is such a huge culture that so many people from every walk of life enjoys it and plays it that it's got such a far reach with tools and platforms like Twitch and other street and YouTube and stuff like that, that. It caters to a huge, huge, diverse community where when a particular individual, I'm, I'm just focusing it down, does a stream for St. Jude's for like Play Live. And we've done it before because every year there's a big stream for St. Jude's with GCX and we've supported it over the years and ran campaigns to support it because it's a great cause. So many gamers come together, and you'll see those donations go up to six million dollars. And if that doesn't show how good gaming can do for the greater good, it, I, I don't know what, how, how else you can prove it that there's just so much coming from the gaming community.
1: Yeah that's it's something that like I I've had to explain a few times when folks are just like what do you do on that one website that you broadcast to are you like teaching people engineering I'm like no I'm playing video games yeah like wait, wait <laughs> why are you playing video games why aren't you doing something like more adulty like I'm this... I'm hanging out or playing video games and we're raising money for charity like gaming is not just someone sitting in a basement being right. angry at a computer screen It's people coming together and trying to do some good in the world.
0: And especially through COVID, it was a huge, huge help with socializing, where everybody was locked up inside, not being able to go out and socialize in public. That was public. Going on social platforms, Twitch, and this and that, and even using Twitch and Discord and stuff was Enough to get people through with socializing with one another and was able to take people's minds off of, you know, they haven't been out of their house in, you know, two weeks, you know, or longer, whatever, you know, however, however it goes. But it, it's great when you create that safe atmosphere in your channel as well, where you're playing games, you're hanging out and you have your community come in, viewers come in. And it's just a very, chill time where everybody could enjoy the same thing all together and it's it pays it forward it really does that that could mean the world to one person in chat and you know to me making the difference with one person is makes everything worth it
2: absolutely so to to guess i guess how was your very first packs
1: it was a lot of fun i'd met folks that i'd played games with and I never met in real life before. I uh, I met folks that I like knew through TikTok, and mm. was just like, "Oh snap! Like, we're friends on TikTok, and I actually am meeting you in real life for the first time ever. This is great." <laughs> I um I brought another person that I met through streaming because I I figured I probably could use a travel buddy. It's my first time traveling like in a long time, and they had the same thing happen. They're like, "Huh? I met folks that." I like knew through TikTok, or I met folks that like I had played games with before, but never met in person. So it was so nice to see the like immediate. We went from being online friends, and just as soon as we met in person, it's nothing had changed. It was really nice to also just socialize with people mm-hmm. in in real life. Like I had done like a little bit of hanging out with folks, but this was my biggest like. Group of people I'd ever been around since everything got locked down. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it was definitely really cool. It was also just nice to see because I didn't know there was nonprofits at PAX. That was a surprise to me. I'm just like, oh, oh, like <laughs> there's more than games. Good, I can like <laughs> do something different here and just hang out with the nonprofit folks here because that's what I'm really interested in.
0: <laughs> that I I can relate with that because the first time I went to PAX it was the same feeling for me where there were organizations and groups there outside of indie developers, triple A's and games and stuff. And PAX does an amazing job with providing a space for all these uh, groups and organizations called the diversity lounge. And Mm -hmm. my first time in it was in Boston and it was so overwhelming, but I enjoyed it so much. And it was amazing meeting people from Able Gamer and uh, the uh, actually a- Able Gamer really hit a chord with me. And then also the first time I met Barb from the Center of Suicide Awareness was at that one. And ever since then, me and her have had a relationship over all the years. So every time I see her, I get all giddy. <laughs> it's it's an amazing thing when or uh, when conventions incorporate these spaces to allow organizations and groups to talk to attendees and people about what they do and the impact that they have. And it's just absolutely amazing how much effort PAX puts into having these spaces and making sure they're available. Because I know Comic-Con has a space too with like community booths and stuff, but PAX really knocks it out of the park.
1: Yeah, I I was honestly like just surprised, but also super excited because... I know gaming does good, but there's a lot of folks who still are just like gaming is just gaming. So having like such a big convention, have a Mm -hmm. space for the nonprofits is something that got me super excited. I'm like, oh, I would, I want to come back next year when there's more people and more things to do, hopefully. Cause then I'm like, all right, there'll be more nonprofits to talk to and pick, pick like, their brains about what they do and all that fun stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thinking back to uh, previous uh, PAX West, they're usually about 16 booths because it's usually up on the sixth floor where I think they had for this one, they had it all for magic The gathering and tabletop games up on Mm -hmm. the sixth floor. That's Mm -hmm. usually where the diversity lounge is located. And this year they, they put it down on the fourth floor right at one of the main entrances for the exhibitor hall which was so amazing to see that amount of people you know get exposed to the organizations and groups as soon as they came in through that entrance was just so awesome to see and uh it in i know in boston they have more space so i think there's 27 different organizations that can present or have booths at PAX East. And I think Unplugged is about the same too. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm real excited for you to come back to another PAX when everybody went fingers crossed knock on wood, when everything comes back and you see a lot of the other organizations being able to take part in it as well as more studios and, and, other companies on the exhibitor floor because it's an overwhelming feeling when it's a full packs and mm-hmm. just seeing absolutely everything is just so overwhelming that you need a day to regroup yourself after the convention. So the the
2: whole interviewing cuz how we met is you were going around interviewing all of the nonprofits at PAX.
1: Is mm-hmm.
2: that literally on a whim? Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, that's awesome.
1: I I, I initially was just like, oh, like maybe out because I got the content creator badge besides also being a panelist. So I'm like, what am I going to do with the content creator badge? I got to do something. So I'm like, well, I keep getting these emails about different gaming or like games that are coming out. I'm like, I guess I can inter- like see what those are about, do like reviews and whatnot. And then mm-hmm. I got to PAX and I like was walking around. I'm like, all right, I see the child's play. Huh. That's cool that they have a booth. And then I was walking a bit further and I'm like, Extra life. I've heard of that one too. Huh. And then I went over a little bit because I was uh the friends that I had met for the first time in person there are part of Queer Women of Esports, which is another nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they walked over to the diversity lounge, and I was just kind of looking around. I went, "There are nonprofits here."
0: Hmm, <laughs> interesting.
1: <laughs> and I was like, "I'm walking away. My my gears are turning in my brain. Like, I bet none of the content creators are going to interview them, and that's kind of frustrating. I should do that because I'm going to be more excited about interviewing the nonprofits than I am talking about the indie games. Realistically, so that's how that. Started, I'm like, all right, I'll just walk up to the booth and just see if anyone wants to interview. And if not, I tried. And then every single nonprofit I I found was just like, you you want to you want to interview us? Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm like, yeah. Why Why not? It'd be great just to like for a quick like minute, two minute thing for TikTok. Just be like, hey, there's nonprofits at PAX. If you're a streamer or a gamer or someone you want to support a nonprofit that is focused on gaming in some fashion, here you go. Here's here's the content. Make it easy to find for people to find you. So that's that's all I did. Yeah. <laughs> the entirety of the packs, besides my panel, I walked around to find all the nonprofits and interview them.
2: <laughs> I will tell you how eager I was, in a sense. My, so I had a work call on that Sunday. So I'm like mm-hmm. over by the bathrooms at the Diversity Lounge on a Zoom call really quick. And, and Amanda, my wife, comes over with a note saying, hey, somebody wants to interview you. And I was like, what? <laughs> I stopped my Zoom call. I was like, because I, I forgot, I was like, who the hell am I? What, what, what am I getting interviewed for? I was like, oh, wait, all right, I'm with Guardians here. I'm not at work <laughs> anymore. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I ended my Zoom call and I go over and thank thank God you left your business card. And I was like, all right. I was like, maybe I didn't miss, maybe I didn't miss this opportunity. And I DM'd you on Twitter, like right away. I'm like, hey, by the way, I'm back if you want to come by. <laughs> And that's how eager and excited I was in a sense, (laughs) but it, you know, I think again, just, and I think I've seen this in like almost every PAX that I've ever gone to that intersection between nonprofits, mental health, LGBTQ, every, and gaming, the intersection between the two has always been seamless. Mm -hmm. in a sense and i i said it in chat but i'll say it here i pax is home i consider pax home same way i consider new york comic-con home i consider pax home because i'm like i feel included here i feel like happy in a sense like what did i say one year i was like these this this is this is just this is just great this is these you know This person knows, like this, you can make friends online if you're waiting to try the demo. You know, I've had numerous Smash, you know, Smash Bro tournaments just waiting online with random people. And it's just, but the cross section between nonprofits and PAX has just been amazing. And for the first year, finally, you know, I know Joe's been doing it for a while, but this was my first time being able to be a part of it. In that scene, and it was just a ton of fun. It really was.
0: I loved how you it's so relatable with what you said about PAX feeling like home because when you go to PAX, everybody has a shared interest and loves games and loves gaming and everything you know in the community. So going there, it's so cool seeing people walk around. With uh, Nintendo Switches and challenging random people on the floor to Pokemon battles, like it's so cool to see. Um, mm-hmm. And when you get into a booth for a game that might be coming out, uh, I'm I, I can't pick one off the top of my head. I'm, I was thinking back to uh, Fuse, which is kind of like a music like uh, music type game. People. Oh. Yeah, it was a really big booth at East yeah. and uh, it was so cool. But seeing people engage with that and seeing the common interest where you're in line waiting to try it and you're going, oh, I wonder how this is. And the guy in front of you is like, oh, I tried it yesterday. It's so much fun when you do this. And it's that interaction between each other that is so just it gives you a warm feeling where you're you're not like. Panda, when she's trying to explain, like, yeah, I play video games online, like, yeah, on on Twitch, you know, it's it's fun, you know. We all hang out and play video games. The people there understand that, like Matt said, they they understand, they know what Twitch is, you know. They, what's your channel? And they pop in, and then you start meeting new friends, new acquaintances, and you you see some of the stream people that you kind of look up to. It's just. So amazing. And just the exposure to new things as well that you never knew existed, you know, outside of your, your gaming bubble where, Oh, I've never, I never knew this game would be that fun. I, you know what? Last year at Boston, we had a uh, a team member who came out to Boston with me to help at the booth. And on the second day he goes, Joe, I'll be right back. I'll be back. Okay. He was gone for six hours. I texted him. I go, are, are you coming back? The room's closing, man. I have all your stuff here. You know, what do you want me to do with it? Which I'm totally, totally, you know, I absolutely understand everybody should experience, you know, packs and be on the floor and go enjoy it and spend time there and really take it in, you know, not spending the entire time behind a booth. I mean, that's where I'm comfortable, but I, I love, you know, having everybody who's helping go enjoy it as well. He comes back with like 10 minutes later after that message, he comes back with an armful of stuff. He entered into a magic, the gathering tournament, (laughs) and he ended up getting called and he goes, I had to go play. I didn't think I'd win. He won. (laughs) And then he kept winning and he kept winning. He goes, I left my phone. It was over there. I never looked at it. I couldn't believe it. I go, that's great. I'm so excited for you why didn't you tell me he goes, I thought you'd be mad <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not that's... he goes i brought you a player's mat and i have it sitting over there it's one of the packs branded magic the gathering uh mats that you can only get at packs it's like a special artwork i mm. have it sitting over on another bookcase right here and he goes i brought you back something this and that i go that's that's amazing he goes i made it to the second to the like the semi-final I go, oh that's wow. great who beat you he goes i got beat by an 11 year old girl <laughs> i go you're kidding he goes no she was good <laughs> i couldn't believe it her dad was there cheering her on her she played her whole life with her father and this and that and he was you know just just how he described the like how proud the dad was over there holding all of her stuff while she's playing and kind of looking That's over me. her shoulder like play that and like she's got this. Oh, she's going to win. And it it was just so much fun just sharing in that, just that moment with him that just makes me think that there's only one place that you can really get that same experience. And that's at PAX. And it's such a unique thing that I'm so happy to see come back around. And with COVID, I want to touch on this because this has been a topic on many articles. That I, that I've been reading about packs and there was a big like scare with how it will be received with, with COVID and everybody going and they were kind of, they were requiring everybody to go to uh, certain spots like queuing lines to uh, verify vaccination or show a negative test every 24 hours if they had multiple days. I could not be more happy the way that was executed and how everybody just went along with it without any arguments. I never saw any arguments, any any negative, you know, uh, remarks about it. Everybody was very understanding and it went so smooth. I, I, I'm still a little taken back by it. And the numbers were still there for PAX, even though they, they cut down how many people could go. I think the first day there was around three to 4,000 that came in in attendance. And then it jumped up to, I think 16,000 or so, right, right in that ballpark. Mm -hmm. And, uh, everybody was just so comfortable with it. Everybody got a band and it, it just, I think it made me feel more comfortable overall how well it was executed. And in Boston before COVID, you know, right when it was ramping up, it was the last live live packs event. They were clean machines. Everything was wiped down, the escalator, the handrails, like any surface was wiped down con- constantly. Like within 5 to 10 minutes, like always going back over it. And it made me feel comfortable as well. And I, I think the way they executed Pax West and how it was received by the attendees, and then the, also the exhibitors that were there, it made them feel a lot more comfortable that they can, uh, you can have a live convention if you take the proper precautions and you you really deliver it with care. So I think PAX West is something that will end up happening. And I think using PAX West is kind of like a testing ground uh, to see if it would be doable or not. Uh, I think it was received very well overall. I just I thought it was amazing. I just wanted to you know touch on that. How, you know, Matt, how did you feel about it?
2: I thought it. Was, I thought it went really well. I thought I honestly thought it laid the groundwork for hopefully for future events because I got com, we potentially have Comic-Con coming up in uh, October October. and I was like this is going to lay somewhat of the the foundation for it I actually had a friend like constantly text me he goes how is it how was it how did they do things because we're we're going together for Comic-Con and I'm like if they do it similar or the same way it'll be it'll be done well you know, it really was nice to see everybody wore a mask. There was no mm-hmm. problems with it. There was no uh, arguments with it. There, there was no like TikTok worthy outbursts <laughs> that went on. TikTok worthy
0: outbursts.
2: Well, I'm on. I am on Karen TikTok apparently now. My for you page is on there, and that's all I see nowadays. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so that's was, where your algorithm is on TikTok.
2: Right. Yeah. No, it's like, oh, you like these videos. I'm like, no, I really don't like them. But anyway, so they, but there were no outbursts. Everybody was following protocol and it was nice. Security was there. I, again, I think it just laid like the foundation for it. Yeah. Just we're going yeah. down the path. Nikki, what did you think?
0: <laughs> I, I was just going to ask her. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I I was really nervous going like I, I really only gone because of the opportunity I was provided being on a panel. I'm like, well, I don't know when that's going to happen again. So I'm going to toughen up and I'm just going to go and I'll just keep my mask on, go outside to eat, like stay as far away from people as possible. But I saw the precautions being taken and the between the vaccine cards or negative test and then seeing how people were super respectful about the masking and everything and like staying appropriate distance and even like hanging out with the people that I knew when they were trying to figure out what to do afterwards, they're just like, okay, does this, does this restaurant require a vaccination card or or something? Cause if it, if they don't, then we don't want to go. And I'm like, oh, this is the level of like being like careful about it that I I was very pleasantly surprised by. And one of the things right now that I'm doing, so I'm on the board of directors for a nonprofit that is focused on uh, robotics competitions in New Jersey, Eastern Pennsylvania and Delaware. That's been an interesting conversation that we have to have is like, how do we yeah. manage this, especially when it comes to dealing with kids? Cause yeah. kids under a certain age can't get vaccinated and all these other things. So I learned a lot from that perspective of like, oh, these things can happen as long as like everything's done in a very professional, very like meticulous manner. I think is the best way to put it. And it was it was also just nice to see. I think I think Pax West tweeted when it was over that 92 percent of the folks that went were vaccinated in the entirety of the convention.
0: Yeah, it was right around there. It was it was high.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of people.
0: Yeah. And that's
2: that's an amazing statistic. That's an amazing number. Mm-hmm. You kind of love to you love to see that in a sense. And again, I, I think respect was is, is the greatest word because everybody respected one another. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to kind of the, the feeling that PAX really gives. We're all here for the same reason. We all want to do this for the same reason. I've been saying I was itching for a convention. Right, that and a concert. And I was able to do one. I, I will go to a concert eventually. <laughs> you know, it, it is the respect factor. We want to do this again. This is what we have to do. And everybody did it, and it was mm-hmm. nice.
0: Yeah, and everybody enjoyed it. And you know what? I I absolutely loved being able to provide something to everybody that visited the diversity lounge and our booth as well. Every mm-hmm. every person that came to the booth had access to a free mental health kit, which we, we usually, because of COVID, we were going to only do it for conventions and bring it to our tables. But with COVID impacting everything so much, and we saw people reaching out for peer support uh, in large numbers several months into it, uh, we started to provide them, shipping them to individuals across the U.S. for free. You know, giving them access to these resources and being able to provide something meaningful to them that didn't cost them anything. So being able to bring that to PAX West, uh, which we didn't have at East and not just one of our mental health kits, but three of them was absolutely amazing opportunity. And to see how well they were received was just so heartwarming overall. And Matt showed up, like he said earlier, he showed up a day late. And Matt had in the largest, largest suitcase I've ever seen in my life. This was like Joe versus the volcano worthy. Like this thing was huge. And he brought as many that. of the neurodivergent mental health kits as he could possibly fit in that bag, which was over a hundred. And he had them stuffed in every nook and cranny. Like, I didn't even know you could put like that opened and he had something in there. And (laughs) within a day, we went through 98% of those kits. They were so well received. And it was so amazing seeing people open them up, you you know, right there outside the area and just start digesting all the resources. And when I started walking around... I saw people playing with some of the sensory items, or somebody holding the bag, but you know, uh, having you know, handing a, you know one of the, the resources to somebody to look at, and it was just so cool to see that. Um, I I I just don't don't think that it 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 would have had the same feeling if we didn't bring something so meaningful that people could to re, could receive that while going into the convention and have a little bit of, you know, some techniques for grounding and breathing and sensory items to fidget with while in line to try and get rid of that nervous energy or have an outlet for it. And it it was, it was amazing. And at one point I went to go get tacos. There was a taco stand in the basement that was not overpriced. And I really, I would go right now and get tacos from them. They were really good. Um, I came back up and, the diversity lounge was like full and we a lot. I asked Matt, I go, this is amazing. This is great. And he goes, Joe, did you look? I go, yeah, I see everybody. You know, that's, that's fantastic. You know, we could only have three people in the booth. So I had to stand off to the side while there was three people, uh, you know, before we rotated and Matt goes, no, Joe, look again, they're all in line for our booth. And I looked and he was right, and that was just such a overwhelming feeling seeing that, and I couldn't believe it. And at one point, I I have to say this because I know Aaron's gonna if he's watching, he's gonna you know pick on me for this. But Aaron uh, is one of the uh, staff members, uh, team members for the Center of Suicide Awareness, who was right next to us at one point during while we had a line. I could overhear. Them talking over there, and somebody walked up, and I heard Aaron walk up to them and go, "You know, if you have any questions or anything, I'd be happy to uh, answer them for you." And the individual goes, "Yeah, uh, I was actually looking for the mental health kits," and you could see his head drop, and he goes, "That's actually guardians mental health right there," and he goes, "Oh, okay, thank you." And then came over to us, and he looked at me like Joe. <laughs> But we got with them later that day and uh, we all know each other. We all get along great. And we ended up uh, taking some of their cards uh, for the Hope Line and putting them into the mental health kits that we were uh, assembling that night. So every night we were assembling more mental health kits for the next day. And we, we, we put those cards in there too, because the center is really a very meaningful resource as well. And it's, it's amazing being able to support one another and get along and know that, you know, we're, we're all, look, there he is right there. That's why I was (laughs) laughing.
2: And it's great.
0: Great coffee, by the way, Aaron, um, they had amazing coffee. Uh, it was so fantastic. It was gone in like a day, uh, (laughs) But it was just so amazing being able to, it's such a great resource and they have so many great resources. It's amazing to be able to collaborate and work with one another because we're we're all have a common goal of helping others and assisting and providing resources in a safe and inclusive atmosphere for everybody. And knowing that you're not alone and that organizations and groups can work together to create something meaningful for the community is just on a whole different level and it's always amazing being able to collaborate and work with one another and build those relationships and bridge those you know connections with between organizations and groups that i i would not change that for anything that's one of my favorite parts of what we do is being able to Uh, collaborate and work with other organizations because it just brings it to a whole new level
2: so to to kind of jump in again i guess with the with the interviews that you did i mean what was the response that that you got because i was able to and thank you because you were able to provide me with my first ever unboxing video that i've ever done (laughs) really yeah, no, we did a we did a little unboxing thing for one of the mental health kits. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my yeah. god, it's, it's official! I'm a YouTuber slash TikToker. This is hey. great.
1: I happen hey. to have them at my desk right now because I need to film the other two since this one was already done at Pax.
2: But what was the what was the reception like from the other organizations, such as our next door neighbors from the Convention Center for Suicide Awareness, who's in the chat right now?
1: <laughs> um. From the ones that I've I've been posting, and I still have some more to do because the first day I tried using this fancy camera app, and then it turned out that the fancy camera app was not helpful at all. Like I should have just not bothered with it. So I have to go back and manually edit things. But oh, so no. far, yeah, so far folks have have been really receptive to it. Um, they've been really happy with it. Like I I try to post it on TikTok and then post it on Twitter. The unboxing video I happened to have posted yesterday on TikTok, and then I didn't get a chance to post it on Twitter today because I needed to go and see my students and do things in real life. Of course, besides my day job, so it was a little more busy than anticipated.
2: Yeah,
1: but yeah, it was. Folks seemed to really, really enjoy it, and they were happy that there's at least a little bit of coverage of some sort. Um, the the bot video. Just took off, yeah. which I'm happy with because it's a really good resource.
2: Yeah, no, the RTS bot video was amazing, and that was very funny because as I was explaining it to you, you were like, "No, no, we, we have to record this. Like, this has to. Yeah, we have to do this."
1: <laughs> it was it was just one of those things that as soon as you explained it to me, I just it clicked in my brain, and I'm like, "No, there's going to be people who need to know this exists," <laughs> because I've I've been that in the situation with with chatters in my stream, and like they they just need to talk about something, but it's not the right like place to do it. Right? And Absolutely. I, I yeah. want to provide like for me, I want to provide the help, but I, as a prior crisis text line counselor, like I would just dive into the immediate like it's autopilot for me at this point. Mm-hmm. But I realize for a lot of other people, they don't know how to manage that conversation. Right. Regardless of like, if it's just I'm having a bad day versus like intrusive thoughts. But yeah, it's it was just a moment of like, I know there's other streamers because I've had these conversations with other streamers who go, I don't know how to deal with this conversation. Can you teach me how you manage these things? I'm like, well, I've, I have I have training that took like 30 plus hours. I don't know how I can explain my 30 plus hours in like five minutes to you, but let me try to find you resources. Let me do something. And the that bot I feel like is just going to be super helpful to any streamer, whether they have the experience of managing those conversations and navigating them, or they're just, they freeze up the moment they read something like that for whatever reason they freeze up
0: yeah or they end up a mod or the streamer themselves end up just kicking the person or muting them Mm -hmm. and it has a real negative impact on an individual if they are seeing watching one of their favorite content creators and you know being a content creator and being on twitch you create that safe space you know and entertainment for everybody but At the same time, when that person feels comfortable, they will open up. And when they open up, having somebody who doesn't know how to navigate that conversation or guide them to resources uh, and just mutes or bans and kicks them has a real negative effect that the person is now questioning themselves. And we've actually had people uh, come into the peer support network that we have on Discord and expressing what just happened to them. And it's it's hard to not you know feel like reaching out to that streamer going I it's understandable you don't know you know you're not trained for it but having that effect you know on somebody was really, really you know terrible for them. Um yeah. so one of the reasons uh back when first created it I taught myself how to write Java to create that bot. And uh, that was an adventure in itself, but being able to the idea of putting something together and creating uh, a bot that did not exist before. And I looked high and low to see if anything existed like it because we wanted to promote it. It didn't exist. So utilizing You know, evidence based resources, uh, you know, information uh, on conditions, illnesses, you know, talk to a pharmacist, you know, any, you know, meaningful resource that that we could put together and Matt has put in so many as well. was really helpful for a lot of streamers and other individuals on discord and wherever to get those resources and be able to provide them on the fly to somebody in chat. And I'm going to go off on a separate tangent. I'm so proud hearing that you were a crisis counselor on crisis text line, because that's what I do now volunteering twice a week. I'm almost at 400 hours and I'm a night owl. So uh, I have the badge for the night owl and everything. So you, uh, if you're still on the platform, I'm I'm one of the counselors with you. So it's I, very exciting.
1: I still have my account. I I have not signed in in a while because I have a lot going on, right. and also I I I had some really rough calls that I was just like I need a break from this. But I was a three a.m. to five a.m. person. That was my time slot. <laughs> I'd wake up at 3 a.m. and and hop on and just like have coffee. And that was my morning thing.
0: Mine was uh, 10 p.m. till midnight. And sometimes I would stay on till one, uh, depending if I was in the middle of uh, a conversation with somebody or I didn't I didn't feel comfortable with passing it off. So I can't express how amazing that whole platform is the training is phenomenal I suggest it to anybody but it my first call was rough my first texture was probably the roughest one I've had to date and it was right into the fire and I was a little underprepared for it and I made it through fine it was it was an active rescue and uh it was uh it was an experience that I still think back to that I was very thankful that I had a support network as well that I could talk to, uh, you know, after some difficult conversations having on, you know, the crisis line that I was able to get through it too. And from it, I actually created a really, really great uh, uh, self-care plan. So mm-hmm. my toolkit is so useful to me now at this point, And it's very it's heartwarming when I hear somebody else was a crisis counselor on crisis text line or on one of the hotlines cuz it's it's something that not everybody can do but it's it's needed and it it means the world to people. I mean, being able to have somebody listen when you don't think anybody else is there to and it's 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 something else. It's hard to describe, you know, but I'm very proud of you thank you for sharing that. That puts a big smile on my face and, you know, makes it hard for me to articulate words, but it's, uh, it's something that I, I absolutely love.
2: It's, it's interesting. My very first conversation with Joe, that is what he was talking about, that he was doing crisis text line, things like that. And I still stand by it to this day. As somebody who has not done that, but has worked in like high pressure situations in hospitals or in outpatient settings, you, guys are technically the first line
1: mm-hmm. of
2: defense in, 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 in cases like that And what's interesting I always say this and a lot some people disagree with me most people agree with me though that plants the seed for future therapy
1: yeah
2: in reality because it, it plants the seed if they had a good or positive and accepting experience from you know, whether it was the you know suicide prevention hotline or crisis text line, that sets the seed for, okay, maybe somebody else can understand, or maybe somebody else can listen and talk and express. So it's it's very it's, it's, it's awesome to hear it too, even from my end, as somebody who's never done it, but usually who gets patients or people after they've reached out to Crisis Text Line. And it is nice to hear that they had a positive experience and it's kind of one of the reasons why they're here so oh, thank
0: the both of you what did I say at the beginning about little side tangents and rambling <laughs> yeah that's totally uh on par uh no um Joe favorite part of packs go now run
1: oh favorite part of packs
2: <sighs> anyone fueling I
1: have I think I have to say uh being on a panel for the first time as cool as it was to meet people and like hang out with people the fact that I was on a Esports panel was wild in my like I've done panels in like smaller circumstances Mm -hmm. to robotic students about being a woman in STEM, about Mm -hmm. like I think web development and stuff because teaching and all that, or um how to do fundraising, because I I have a fancy piece of paper that says I can run a nonprofit because I went through the program that Mm -hmm. I learned all those skills for. But like, to, to have gone to college to make video games, to not have ended up in video games, and then be at a panel on, at PAX about esports and how um, fo- non-cisgendered like cisgendered white men, so pretty much anyone but that, is going to eventually become like a main character and how we, or gaming companies, or people who just play video games can support Women, LGBTQIA, and uh, POC folks in esports to get them to a point where, like, we can exist and not face harassment is great. Mm -hmm. It was so, like, I was super nervous at first. And then I, like, said there was one question directed to me, and I just looked out and I just stopped, like, I ended the sentence and seeing folks just like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. like, I feel like I had the sense of validation. Like, I do know what I'm talking about. And I sat here and had this mild case of imposter syndrome because, like, most folks don't realize how much I love esports and
0: mm-hmm. like
1: Valorant. Legal. I I still don't play League of Legends because that was the game I wanted to go pro in, and that was just not a great experience. But like, League of Legends, my Folks have seen me play Pokemon Unite, and I think they get the idea of how I am at League of Leg- Legends, though. But like, <laughs> oh, it it was just so exciting. That part was just the the wildest part for me. And I'm like, huh? I can I did the thing, and I was super nervous about it, and it went great, apparently. And I just I never thought like I'd, I'd end up on a panel at PAX for some reason i was just like yeah that's not going to happen and then it did i'm like oh, I surprised myself so awesome
0: <laughs> it's making me excited just like it's radiating through the screen like just seeing <laughs> how excited you're you you just got you know describing that it was is amazing and that is a hell of a hell of an accomplishment right there like that's that's absolutely amazing to to be on a panel at PAX and especially in esports, which is a huge, huge topic as well. And I am sorry, I could not be there for that one because I I want to see it, and I wish they streamed it. Um, Matt, what about you?
2: Yeah, one of the things, and f- for the most part, I didn't really leave the booth. But one of the things that I enjoyed, and I guess this is half self-promo, but also half of that's that kind of what you were saying about, um oh my God, this, this, I am, we are doing the right thing. This is working. I, I know what I'm doing kind of feeling when people open the kits. So when we had that line for mm-hmm. the mental health kits, people would go behind the line and start opening them up right then and there, which I loved. Whoa. And people were pulling things out like the coloring books, or if there was like a, you know, certain thing within, within like the, the neurodiversity kit. And people were coming back and saying like, for the to write love on her arms kit, like this coloring book is beautiful. That I was like, okay, this just made it. This, this, this made this, 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 this was just perfect. Right. And again, it hits on that. Cause there always is that imposter syndrome, I think uh, effect where it's like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I, I'm, a, I'm a schmuck from New York, New Jersey. What am I talking about? And <laughs> it's like, oh, no, wait. They like that grounding technique? I wrote that grounding technique. Oh, okay. I know what I'm doing. I'm supposed to be doing this. Okay, cool. And um, I think for me, that was like one. Of the, there was like a circle at one point of people just opening the kits. And I was like, oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> And it was also kind of fun to do it with my wife, I'm not gonna lie.
0: She's a (laughs) hoop. Amanda's great. No, she is. She is. She's insane, but I love her. I
2: I put a a ring on it.
0: (laughs) You know, I I put a ring on it. (laughs) Nice. Uh, for me, there was actually a couple things that really stood out to me as my favorite parts one of the more entertaining it was hard work, but it was entertaining to me. Um, Dr. Tony bean uh, we're partnered with another organization uh, geek therapeutics. They were there with a booth on the main exhibitor floor selling uh geek uh, related items and stuff like that. They had amazing dice uh, uh, journals. They had their books there. They had, it was a great booth. Uh, I, I, met tony in person for the second time i haven't seen him in over a year it was great seeing him i helped him bring the dice to the booth and he i went to his you know up to his room which was the farthest hotel from the actual convention center and he had these cases these giant pelican cases that must have weighed at least 60 70 pounds each I had two of them, and then he had hand sanitizer on top of it, and we stacked them on top. We went down to the loading zone, got those, and put them on top, and they weighed 40 pounds. So these two things weighed over 100 pounds, and I'm trying to roll them downstairs, up sidewalks, up two uh, two sets of stairs, into the convention hall, and then up four sets of escalators, and then across the entire length of the exhibitor hall, to get to his booth to put him there. By the time I got there, I was ready to die. And that actually, <laughs> I had a lot of fun with that experience, but that that's just me. The other one is just taking in the atmosphere. I love quietly just by myself, just walking the floor, seeing people's excitement, seeing people engaged. I, I really, I, I, I'm a watcher. I, I love to see people be excited for gaming and you know share that with people that they've never met before you know and it's it's really a different experience to see that and be proud of it another main thing that got uh one of our other staff members he's actually our design lead joe got him choked up was a i bet joe you did yeah great yes you did yeah you did Uh, That was the first interview I saw Uh, Mm -hmm. me and Joe were in the booth and a woman walked up to the side of the booth and she was standing kind of off to the side and I greeted her and she came up and goes, actually uh, my daughter and her friend were came to your booth before going into the uh, convention. I go, well, that's fantastic. You know, thank you for, you know, coming by and everything. She goes, no, you, you don't understand. Because of them coming to your booth and who they talked to in the conversation and the mental health kit. And they were able to enjoy the convention more because of it. And I go, nah, I was skeptical. She goes, no, I I'm dead serious. And she started to give examples and shared more with us. She goes. I've never seen her that comfortable in this kind of setting. Where it was she? Was very overwhelmed and nervous and everything. And she talked to Amanda actually, and right. Joe. And I look over and just feeling she was getting choked up because it meant that much to her as well. Of how they were able to make them feel more comfortable. That they were able to enjoy the convention more. And I. Joe overheard it and I heard him getting all choked up and it it made a big impact, you know, seeing that what the interactions we have with people have a lasting effect and can make people feel more comfortable and, you know, enjoy things. You know, it it was that, that really hit me. uh, And I really liked that a lot, you know, makes it all worth it. Even if, I've always, you know, thought even if we make a difference in one person's, you know, daily life, uh, it's all worth it. You know, it, absolutely, hundred percent. And that's where I'll leave that. And tacos, the tacos in the basement were really good too. <laughs> I had to bring that back around. I got a thing, you know, with tacos. You got a thing for tacos. I do. I do. Yeah, it's a weird obsession. I- somebody like somebody in chat uh just shared that they got you know a kit this week and just hearing how excited people get for getting something and then how much they sh- you know they share that on socials it's very heartwarming to all of us for what we do. I mean, none of us collect a paycheck. We do it because we believe in the mission we set out for. And everything goes into the programs that we have, uh, whether it be the, you know, the RTS bot, the mental health kits. And we love collaborating with other other organizations to create uh, s- you know, specifically focused mental health kits to support an underrepresented uh, part of the community uh with resources and meaningful things and it's just so amazing to see the reception of those and like Matt said we put them all together ourselves and we have team members all over the US that take turns actually having everything you know sent to them and they'll fulfill 50 to 100 kits and we'll rotate so not you know one person's overwhelmed with doing too many at once i took it on on myself to do a big bulk of them because matt was moving so i didn't want to overwhelm him just just yet so uh now he's settled in so i can't wait to send a lot of oh no stuff to i'm his not house.
2: settled in i don't know what you're talking about oh i heard you There's got a closet one more empty.
1: box that's like out this in way. the garage and i yeah. really oh, yeah, yeah. To unpack that like every pretty- day this week <laughs> yeah
2: I have to take one item out at a time. Mhm.
0: Mhm. Yep. No. Nope.
2: I'm We're ready. ready. Yeah. We're ready.
0: Okay. Uh this has been great. Like I said, we will ramble all night long. Um and we don't want to keep you too too long. I don't want anybody turning into a pumpkin or anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is the season for pumpkins, so it's fine.
2: I'm so excited. Uh, and I did lose my glass slipper unfortunately, so What? The reference to Cinderella, the think I, I didn't get the other reference. No I
1: got it. Thank
2: you. I, you know, it was
0: I was just messing with you. But, no, stretch? no. I, I, was right there with you. So I was stretch? trying to think of something to spin it, but like I couldn't—not in that amount of time. But you. now I'm got a mental picture of you with you know glass slippers on. So
2: listen, you know, it happens sometimes. Anyway, where can? Where can people find, where can people find you? Where can people find your Twitch, Twitter, TikTok? Please plug away.
1: Okay. Every, every account is Camilla Panda with the exception of. No, I think it is also on YouTube, but I don't have like the fancy pants link yet. That's just says like youtube.com slash Camilla Panda. It's like youtube.com slash yqv B seven, blah, 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 blah. Whatever it is. So I yeah, you can find me on Twitch. Um, I'm I'm in chat right now, and then I have all the links on my Twitch account if folks do want to follow me. Perfect,
2: perfect. And we will edit to, uh, no, we'll edit to the show notes when we put it live, and we will link it on Twitter as well too. But thank you so much for joining. We greatly appreciate it, especially last minute yes so thank you thank you
1: I thank you for having me on it's it's yeah. nice to like just chat with folks after a convention and finally meet you Joe and it yeah it's
0: great having this opportunity yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's been really nice
2: on that note where did I put plugs there they are okay Thank you all for listening to the Guardians Mental Health Podcast. If you can, please leave us a review on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps spread the podcast to others who may not have heard of us. Keep up to date with everything that we're doing over at guardiansmentalhealth.org and follow us on Twitter at GuardiansMH. Feel free to join our partner Discord server at discord.gg slash guardiansmh. This week, actually, I think today everything started We have been nominated by The GameHers for most inclusive organization. So please, if you can, I'm gonna put it in chat, but I'm also gonna say it out loud. Go to thegamehers.com slash vote, hashtag esports. We are under the esports category, but it's for most inclusive organization. If you enjoy what we do, if you like what we do, it's been a pleasure and we're honored to actually be nominated. But if you enjoy what we do, please go and vote for us as well. Please help us keep the lights on here or kind of just keep running our Discord and keep these mental health kits free. Feel free to donate over at Tiltify.com GuardiansMH. And if you want some really cool merch, like I'm wearing here, go to HighscoresTees.com slash GuardiansMentalHealth, and you will see a full line, a full collection of cool shirts, hats, mugs, things to put cold beverages in, it's really good stuff,
0: and you know what? It it's that's so, so cool up. you brought up the game hearse because uh, that's really thanks to our stream ambassadors, yeah, and everybody that works with us. Uh, it's it's actually been amazing, and it's thanks to all of them that we were nominated for something like this. And it's it really shows that it's really a group effort in, you know having that inclusive safe space for everyone. And uh, it's really an honor just to be nominated for something. It really, it took me back. Uh, I was very uh, surprised by it. And uh, I think it's really cool. Camilla, thank you so much for hanging out with us, coming to chat. Please, uh, after New York City Comic Con, we would love to connect with you again. Uh, I'm sure we'll see you there. And we would love to have you back on because I'd love to have that conversation.
1: I will happily come back onto a podcast here any day. You guys are I an awesome organization, so I I'm happy just to like be supportive in whatever way I possibly can.
2: There's also much. a rumor that joe's going to buy lunch for us at New York Comic
0: Con. That's kind of what I just heard, though. I'm just saying. yes, yes, I will buy lunch. I'll buy lunch for us. All right, <laughs> thank you everybody so much. Uh, have a wonderful night. Uh,
1: take care. Night,
2: Bye. y'all.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>